watching. All right, we are live. All right. Hello and welcome to this week's special edition of The Time and Place, the gospel conversation show where we discuss faith on the fringes and do our best to apply God's word to God's world. I'm Solomon. This is Julian. Yep. And today we're going to talk about the election madness. But first, Julian, I don't even have to ask what the heck is going on in the world today because I already know, and it's nothing. Nothing is going on in the world today. Not even an election. We're not. We just stopped. We're like taking a break. <laughs> we're taking a, we need some time taking to ourselves. Like half, like half time or something. It's like yeah. <laughs> that was my favorite part. That the the the, the ballot counters were like, all right, we're going home. Like, wait, we don't know what happened yet. What do you mean you're going home? Well, then they just like stop for four hours today or something. Yeah, it's like, they just quit. It's gonna like stop. Somebody pay these people overtime and let's get this done. Are they paid? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm like seeing, dirty dating? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I'm seeing different things from different, like, man, there's so much. I don't know who's right about what or who to believe about what. Everybody's lying. Nobody's lying. I don't know what's going on anymore. It's nuts, man. Like, yeah, it's it's so crazy. Like, I saw, <laughs> they got me on social media, uh, on Twitter, and just, like, following everything, and um and then nothing happened, so I deleted it again. So it's like, okay, nothing's happening anymore, so there's nothing to follow, so I'm just going to delete my social media. But, yeah, all the memes. The memes were fun. I mean, memes are always a good time, you know. Right. You're in a, well, that's how we cope now. You're in a national crisis. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the favorite ones was um, the Bill Murray in Groundhog's Day was reporting. He's like, it's yeah. election day again. <laughs> <laughs> I like the one that was like American Idol has 130 million votes counted up during a commercial break. <laughs> we can't get this going. Yeah, I like the one uh, they had with uh, it was like Thanos and uh, little baby uh, Gamora, and she's like, "Did is like Biden? Did you win?" And it's like Thanos, and he's like, "Barely." And it, she's like, "What does it cost you?" He's like, "I'm just trying to get Good lord, oh. yeah, that was the best. But this is nuts, man. It's nuts. So Tuesday was. This is, we're recording this on Thursday, November. I thought all day. I was. I thought today was November fourth. That's how screwed up I am this week. Because we're in a time I, warp. Everything at work, I I put November fourth. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it's November fifth. Remember, remember the fifth of November. We were vendetta day. It was totally getting overlooked we're not even care anymore right uh, we were vendetta i mean come on and this is like the most v for vendetta stuff going no on kidding. <laughs> if we ever needed a v for vendetta <laughs> it's now it's now right now on day three of election day oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah and uh election yeah election day number three and they've stopped counting we just like randomly yeah. stopped like I don't understand. Like we, we, the, they, you just count. Like if the, if, so, like just count them. Just keep going. And then, and then someone did a hilarious split screen of Trump supporters, at the, in in Arizona saying, "Count the votes, count the vote." And then in uh, Pennsylvania, "Stop the count." Stop the count. <laughs> <laughs> the same exact time. Well, there's so much. There- that's the thing that's killing me is that different states apparently have different rules about when they have to finish counting. So there's no deadline. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. That, no, that's so, okay. So that, that's what I heard too. 
because I was like, isn't there like a rule? They can't, why can't you can't just go forever? They can't right. just keep counting until you want to stop, whatever. But yeah, each state, each state is different and how they set the rules for how they do it. But there's like this safe harbor rule or something where, it, and it's like no December 12th or something. Yeah. And it's like, you you have to have, okay, guys, you have to have to stop. <laughs> it's January you know? 3rd. We got we to gotta yeah. know for inauguration day. There, there is like an actual national, but it's like December 3rd. But besides, so it's like, conceivably, we could go till then, I guess, of like dragging this out. But with stopping everything and filing lawsuits, I mean, that doesn't take just a quick second to oh, yeah. do a trial or so, whatever. Right. Um, so, yeah, I don't know like what is going on, but yeah, no one knows how to do anything. And like all, all these videos and, and, uh, pictures I'm seeing. It's like, I don't know what's true. I don't know if that, like, what the context of those are. You know, someone, so someone, like, looking around and then filing in, a, they have a pen, <laughs> sorting ballots. Pen, fill, which I didn't even know was a thing anymore. Right, people, I didn't either. That you, you have Sharpies, like a Scantron at school. Like, you're actually <laughs> bubbling. I didn't know that. Like, what backwards state, county is doing that? It's like, the hanging chads and like, well, they, have like a lever. they have a lever now still like voting. <laughs> they've got you got to fold the paper and put it in the box <laughs> and like put your ring seal on it and then put it in your family crest seal on the ballot to put it in oh and then God. you can just open that and change it. yeah like it's very weird they're doing this with a pen and a sharpie and like all this i guess arizona was done i heard james white yeah. talking about like oh we had we had pens instead of sharpies it's all mad but I guess that was not true. <laughs> I don't know. So, I mean, I don't know. The, it's so weird. But yeah, like all these videos, like that one guy with a the pen, there's mm-hmm. a guy with a video with a, he's unfolding about, looks over his shoulder twice, and then fills it and grabs a pen and like starts doing something. To, and it's like, I guess filling it in more, like, are you doing your test scantron? Like, you're trying Dolphin. Well, apparently in, in Georgia, they're hiring people at 20 an hour to go make sure that people, if they may, I know, right? I'm about to move. If they, if someone messed up their ballot, say they forgot to sign their name or they didn't fill a circle in all the way, something that makes it invalid, they're sending people to them to go like fix it so it can still count, even though it's past the date and they weren't, shouldn't be counted. I don't know, man. It's nuts. Uh, so what's the deal with like observers? They're supposed to be like people watching, right? Yeah. So the the whole thing that the whole lawsuit thing in, in Pennsylvania is the idea that when you have absentee voting, mail you're in. supposed to mail in, mail in absentee voting. You're supposed to have one representative from each party verifying that everything is filled out correctly to make it a valid vote. Okay. The Giuliani is saying that the Republican representative was allowed in the room, but they wouldn't actually let him inspect any of the ballots. So they were like, yeah, you can observe from over there in the corner if you want. <laughs> so <laughs> they didn't actually let him verify that any of these were filled in correctly or counted right or anything. You can observe this small print paperwork from yeah. <laughs> way over there. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so he's saying, like, how do we know any of these were filled out correctly at all? We got to recount all of them. That's absurd. But- do you think so here's my thing i think that happened in every single state because I it just because i mean like it when I, as soon as i heard mail-in ballot man mail yep. ballots and then we have people sorting these things uh-huh. there's going to be human error and it's like breakage at a store 
right? Like right. you you run a comic book store or something, or you run a clothing store, you, you're gonna have to anticipate things are gonna break, things are gonna rip or tear, and or people are gonna shoplift things. So there's a certain it should account for. It's called shrinkage right. or breakage in your inventory and stuff. So there's like a certain amount that like okay, we're gonna just be short this much. So and it's never a zero dollar right. you know thing. But so it's like there's got to be some like measure of, of breakage in this with humans counting and, and sorting the ballots and yeah all these mail-in stuff like you know a truck's gonna get a flat tire or or burst you know what I mean like right. something's gonna happen and you know not all the ballots the ballots are gonna get counted. Well, I mean the problem, as, like, the problem is one side was totally all yeah all state guaranteed because the all like, states have some level of shrinkage or, or breakage in their ballot counts and inventory. How many times like during, have, you if you're doing these volumes, you have to. Well, during your normal life, how many times do you get something or you don't get something in the mail that you should have gotten? You have to call whoever sent it to get it resent or something like that. Like that just happens. Right. That's part of it. But I actually the, threw my inspection sticker away one time. <laughs> I, got my, <laughs> I got my inspection sticker and I don't know why I didn't just put it on. I think because I had like a few weeks it wasn't the end of the month yet and like a good mexican i was like trying to use it up all the way like don't you know don't change it until it's all completely filled you're putting, up or you're putting water in the the dish soap <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i didn't put it on yet and then it was in my car it's also the paperwork and i was like clean up my car and i threw it out and it's gone and i was like crap i know i had it but yeah so there's there's stuff like yeah you always do things like that and filling out lose paperwork lose a something so even your normal day-to-day -day life with things that you're completely in charge of all the time so you get a bunch of strangers manhandling right. a bunch of ballots like you know with gloves and masks and like all this cumbersome you know covid process and stuff well the, yeah. the crazy thing that kind of invalidated the whole thing is that the day on election day the cdc was telling everybody hey even if you got covid it's okay if you go vote Oh, it's fantastic. There's no, been no COVID deaths in the last three days. Yeah. So why, COVID's so why, gone. <laughs> COVID's not a thing anymore. That's been nice. Why are we even doing the mail-in voting if they were just going to tell you, just go do it. It's fine. Like the whole reason for the mail-in voting was invalidated on election day. So, so okay, here's what I'm saying. Either. So Biden is – I'm trying, trying to get all this in the framework, right? So like <laughs> Trump wants something and Biden wants something. Right. Biden wanted – mail-in ballots and right. they've been like 78 percent going towards him right right and so in the states that are like not counting the ballots are like philadelphia like liberal areas right, right. okay so well not just liberal them. areas it's it's the swing states that's the thing so like california there was no issue right that was never a question like well obviously he's gonna get california texas there was no issue it's like obviously that's gonna go red right. but the swing states the important ones those are the ones where it's like, well, we're going to count a little longer. I just don't understand why they would randomly stop counting if those are helping the candidate that's in their favor, right? Because maybe there weren't as many as they had anticipated. It's just like the the just like you throwing your sticker away because you thought, I got plenty of time. How many people had a mail-in ballot and they were like, I'll mail it tomorrow. I got plenty of time. And they just never mailed it in. Yeah. It's, it's just it's absurd <laughs> yeah it is nuts man it's so like I, at this point i'm kind of over it already like day three i'm i'm, I'm just like whatever just like just give it to biden yeah just flip a coin or something and then uh we do it like the old days have him like jump over a stick and like have him like 
<laughs> feats of strength. And like, they got to pull the wishbone. Yeah. Every- <laughs> wishbone, yeah. Yeah. Pull the straws or like do the rock, paper, scissors. got to cast lots for it. <laughs> yeah. The Urim and the Thummim <laughs> out there, right? We're going to have, we're gonna have uh, Franklin Graham out there casting lots to figure out <laughs> who the president is. The Urim, yeah. I mean, do something already. Like, I don't even care anymore. Just give it a bite. Yeah, so it really, it really. So we can figure out what's going on. Right. So we can figure out what what to do. <laughs> like, what? what are we? What crisis is coming? We need to know who's in charge so we can know what to prep for. Yeah, my favorite. My favorite was the Babylon Bee saying like, Trump estimates it's going to take another four years to sort out the ballot. <laughs> <laughs> Someone posted the most frightening thing that if it if it doesn't get sorted out in time, that Nancy Pelosi gets to be like acting president until it's sorted. <laughs> she she just steps in and is like, I'll, I'll handle it until you guys are ready. Yeah, I think that is it. I thought it wasn't like pence or something or how does it go does it go no, to the, house, the speaker she's a speaker mm. so she's the third most powerful person in the country that's weird so but this, this is the most 2020 election ever right like what did you expect why is anybody surprised that's true yeah this it's is true 20, this is a president election in 2020 the, the cursed year this is what do you expect <laughs> you know like this is like who had who had highly contested close election for their 2020 bingo card right right like that's but i mean it's, it's beyond like i think everybody thought it's going to be neck and neck but it's beyond neck and neck it's just nebulous like we just don't it's schrodinger's election right now it's, it's dissolving we don't even know what's going yeah. on we're, we're recounting we're not yeah. counting we're, we're calling states we're taking them away yeah that's dumb like see that's what we're doing like in arizona okay so i was you know we we're talking about watching the live streams and stuff and right. uh, on election night and there was a lot of momentum for Trump at the beginning. It was right. a lot of like, you know, all the conservative pundits were just like really excited. Like, oh yeah, here we go. Everything, he was up everywhere. And then Arizona turned blue. <laughs> and you could just see like the deflation of like all, you know, Tom Brady's footballs weren't just deflated. Of like, and the excitement of the Republican party of like, whoa, Arizona's gone. That's not, a, that's not good. You know, like that was supposed to be a lock. And, it went blue. And so that was a, that was like a noticeable shift in the in the online like atmosphere, you know? right? <laughs> of like, oh crap! Uh, don't worry, don't worry, guys, don't worry. You know, <laughs> we still got it. We're still on. Then, yeah. But then, I mean, no, it's all right. It's all right. We we just went all those days. <laughs> the the real the breaking point was when Ohio went red. That was when they're like, all right, time out, time out, cut the streams. We got to figure something out. None of this is making any sense. Right. Yeah, yeah. So we, then it was Michigan, and Wisconsin, which they called Michigan yesterday, right? Finally, finally. They, yeah. I feel like Georgia and North Carolina have been at like ninety-five percent for yeah prison. since like election night. They called Arizona at like sixty-eight percent, and they haven't called Georgia and North Carolina at like right. 95 percent. Like, what are we waiting for? Yeah, I don't what? understand. Like, I, I like the there. more I watch, I just don't understand. They even had like Virginia. It was like 50 to 47 or something. Biden won, and they had a one for Biden at 47. Right. And they showed Trump number 50. And I'm like, even uh, Dave Rubin like retweeted, was like, can someone explain this to me? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> no. How no, is called for Biden? It well, was like 68 I, I, I saved this because it was awesome. They called Michigan, but Detroit, they were talking about some of the discrepancies in Detroit. So there was 4,788 duplicate registrations. So yeah. almost 5,000 people were registered twice. So 
maybe mm. voted twice. I don't know. There was 32,000 more registered voters than eligible voters. So <laughs> the, <laughs> the turnout was better than expected. We have all the dead people. Yeah, there we was 2,000. 2,503 dead people registered. <laughs> there was there was one guy registered who was born in 1823. So he's either the oldest <laughs> man alive or something. That's, like, that's not like 1900 and like, but those th so those weren't like people with the same name or something. Those are like no, it's like a double like registration. Yeah. Dead. Okay. Yeah, this person's dead. <laughs> Their birthday was uh, 200 years ago. Yeah. And uh, I know I saw one of you. I saw was like the voting dead, and it was like the <laughs> zombies. <laughs> so uh, I think and those always go blue. Those always go Democrat. Well, yeah. I mean, imagine that. That's yeah. that's, that's, the, a, that's, that's really my... been weird too. You know, dude. So that, that's what's really been weird is like everybody like everybody's like saying, "Oh, Republicans are crying about the election. They're they're they're." Um, weakening the faith in, in our institutions and our democracy, all these things. Democrats do nothing but whine about elections and cry <laughs> about elections. Every single election they lose was stolen. Right. I mean, that's, that's literally how it goes. Like, it's always that way. You know, I mean, the Bush, I mean, it was just, it was stolen. Oh, you know, whatever. And then it, it's always uh, Trump first time, Russia. I mean, they cried right. for four years talking about Russia collusion. And right. the whole, and it's like, okay, yeah, there was, there was some things that were, done but trump is not a russian asset and they're running with that as like that's it and he's not my hashtag not my president and he's right. not really the president like that's for four years we've been doing it for four days and they're like <laughs> sore losers whatever well i mean <laughs> not only that four years contesting the election <laughs> literally every mistake that's happened has been in their favor like every oopsie has been towards their end game Oh, yeah. So how how is that not suspicious in any way? How do they not see the like maybe something a little fishy is going on? Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it was like easier to to manipulate mail in ballots, right. right? And it's like, okay, well then just count them, just count them and give it to Biden. Like I don't even care at this point. Like it doesn't <laughs> even matter. Like just let's just do four years of well, just do four months of Biden, right? And, and uh, you know, three Democrat. years of Harris. Yeah. Get going. Because that's really, I mean, let's be real. We're he's voting. Not, he's, not, he's not lasting until June. No. Absolutely. I don't know if he's going to make it till January. Yeah. We got a strong flu season this year. He's done. He's going to catch COVID and <laughs> done so. I mean, you know there's spike in him with a bunch of like oh, steroids yeah. and uppers. For sure. He's on uppers like crazy. Get him through a meeting just to get him yeah. through a, a speech. Can't do that forever. Get him four years. He's going to be like 81 or 82. By he's not, he's not going to run for midterm. So he's guaranteed only four years of buying. Right. So they just guaranteed. Harris is just going to slide in, right? So if he is, they're going to deem him incompetent, and Harris is going to go in, and then I don't people, I think people realize that I think people just hate Trump so much. Like all the right. polls and everything show, like why are you voting voting for Biden? What do you like about uh, Biden? He's not Trump, right? He's it's, it's an anti-Trump vote. Yes. Well, the only problem with this, the only problem with that is you get Biden, like, <laughs> and people don't like Biden. The left doesn't like Biden. Democrats don't like Biden or Harris. She's dropped out before she even like finished her primary. Right. Yeah, yeah, she, no she wasn't even going to win her home state, California. So people don't like her, but they're voting for her. I, I know it's an anti-Trump. I know it's a vote against Trump, but it's got to go for somebody, and it's for Harris. So it's like you you know you have to have four years of Biden Harris, right? 
with it. <laughs> you know, and I don't think people part. they're willing to make that trade off just to not have four years of Trump. Who, you know, I I can't figure what he's done or capable of doing that's so bad that we have to have the alternative. Well, I mean, you look at everything that they're saying about him has proven to be wrong. As close as this election is, all the racism, all the sexism, all the bigotry, all, everything that they're saying about Trump is proving not to be true because his only gains in votes were with minorities and women. Right. His only decrease in votes was with white men. So it's like, <laughs> and people are blown, their minds are being blown around. They don't understand. It, it's so much so they're calling Cubans not Latino. It's like, okay, because he, oh, what? It's like, oh, overwhelmingly won the Cuban vote. And it's like, oh, well, they're just, they just want to be white. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it can't possibly be that they fled communism. It can't. And they don't want to see it happen again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it can't like, and that's what's that's what's so crazy. It's like, and it's, it literally is blowing everybody's mind. Like Al Sharpton, everybody's coming out and just like so appalled and shocked that it's this close, and they're just angry. Some actress never heard of is talking about <laughs> they should all burn every black man and and woman who voted for Trump needs to burn. Like it's like, oh my god, that is is they're blowing their mind. So if anything, it's proving the woke the woke nonsense to be hopefully not as like overtaking the country as we thought you well, know I, when when they started rioting that was when they lost the confidence of everybody like, you mm -hmm. can't destroy your own community and expect your community to still have your back it doesn't work that way yeah and and, and i think we should make a clear distinction that there's a difference between democrat and liberal and leftist far left like radicals right right i mean and, and that's an important distinction to make because and, and the biggest difference I see is that liberals and Democrats, for the most part, have good intentions and believe that, uh, along with Republicans, that America was founded on good principles that it has not upheld. Right? We've not we we have good philosophy and good founded on good ideals that we have not upheld to. So let's do it. Let's just make those things true. Right? And and be consistent, not hypocritical with what we say we are, are we're founded on equality, liberal things. Uh, the radical left are saying all those things were lies. They're lies from the beginning. They're not true. Like we was never founded on good principles because of who made it, right? And so that's and so that's that's a big difference because one, America is salvageable. On the other, America is not salvageable. It's like you, you don't have cancer. You are cancer, mm. right? Liberals and Democrats would say that we have a lot of problems and let's fix them, which Republicans largely agree. Good intentions, different approaches, different right. solutions to a problem that we all see, right? Leftists think you all, there's no saving it. There's no, it must be destroyed. And that's the whole Marxist model is that the current society has to be destroyed because right. that's what's corrupting everybody. And from the ashes, a new society will be brought forth and the human being, a new human being will be brought forth. Right. And, and, and that, that's the whole like uh, social construct thing is like, well, this, this it, we're corrupted by our society, which and the whole idea of a, of a social construct makes absolutely no sense because the idea is that you're born good into this bad society. And then the society is what corrupts the new good person, the person born good, right? Right. Well, oh, the problem is all those other people in society were also born good, presumably, into a bad society. So, like, at some, who's the first person born good to go bad, right? And apparently, no one else ever does anymore 
And now it's just this bad society corrupting all the new people being born into it. But you have to start somewhere. You can't do, you don't, it, it's intentionally left vague, right? Because there's no, the, the far, the far left can't, it, it's all materialism. When you, when you discount the immaterial and the spiritual, like evil, like that's the spiritual realm is evil. They don't believe in evil. They believe in uh, guns, right? So we don't have an evil problem. We have a gun problem, right? right. So it's like take down the Confederate statue. It's all symbols. They don't. They don't believe in the in, in the immaterial evil. They believe in the evil symbols. So you go after the material thing, because and that'll solve it. It's like so. So take down the Confederate statue, and you'll solve racism. It's like no, that the racism isn't in that bronze and cement and metal. And stuff. The racism, like, let's attack the thing that the 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 racism, like the evil. But they don't believe in that. It's all socially constructed. So just attack the material thing, and then that's just as good. It's like, well, no, that, you have I mean, an that's, racism. That's kind of the brilliance of their strategy, though, is that they give you a tangible, visible target to attack, whether it be statues right. or guns or white people. Like right. the whole the whole thing at Sinai was that idea. Moses went up to the mountaintop. And we're like, we don't know what happened to Moses. Mo we, for all we know, Moses could be dead up there. Give us a physical God that we can worship. And mm -hmm. they build the, the statue. And th this is your God. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know what's going on with Moses and God over there, but this is your God right here. You can see him. You can touch him. He's here. Right. So right. they have that same strategy. It's like, you know, how do you solve poverty? Well, poverty is a complex issue that doesn't have a physical form. Mm -hmm. Evil is a complex issue that doesn't have a physical form. But if we give you a visible target, now we have a goal that we can get behind and we can feel like we're accomplishing something by attacking that thing. Yeah. And yeah. It's like poverty and stuff. It's like, well, how, how, why are these people homeless and in poverty? Oh, because they ran out of money. No, right. no <laughs> one is, is, is in poverty anything because they ran out of money. There's always a deep soul issue right. uh, manifested in drug abuse or alcoholism or mental illness or right. a lot of things, but that gets too ethereal. That gets too, well, we don't know what to do with that because, right. you know, that's, we have to drink, we have to have drugs. And so, yeah, <laughs> we don't want to get rid of those material things. Uh, but so it must be the money. They ran out of money and these people have money and these people don't. So it's, it all comes back to the material, the physical, tangible material stuff. They're just, they're just as obsessed with money as the capitalists. They just believe it's in the wrong hands. I know you probably haven't been. But uh, have have you seen or read Three Jokers, the the Jeff Johns new book that just came out? No. He did a retcon that I can't believe they let him do. Hmm. So uh, the, the whole thing's going on. There's this thing they do with Joe Chill. When did it come out? It it the last issue just came out like two weeks ago. Yeah, I'm on the DC Universe app, and it's like four six months behind yeah, I, I just went to go buy it because I, I, I couldn't wait for it but three jokers <clears throat> yeah three jokers uh he did a retcon with joe chill where they they established why he killed the waynes and it's essentially that idea that you're talking about where he just says like well i was poor and they had money and i figured because they were rich that's why i was poor so that's why i killed them yeah and so Joe Chill is a radical leftist now, and that's why <laughs> that's why Batman exists. It's a communist. Yeah, it, it's crazy. The Waynes were killed by communism. Oh, wow. Well, that's like Dark Knight Rises, right? That's like a straight up. Uh, he just like beats the crap out of Occupy Wall Street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. 
<laughs> I can't believe they let him do that retcon. That's crazy. And then the, the the crazy part is that when he's in prison, he he feels uh, remorse for it. And he's the whole thing is he he says what I came to realize was that the Waynes were rich and they were actually doing good with their money. And because I killed them, that's why Gotham is so crappy because they were actually working to make it better. Mm, and I yeah. killed them, so now it can't be. Hmm. It's really interesting that he that yeah. they took that angle on it. Jeff John, Jeff John done Batman before. Mm. stuff he's done he's done justice league but i don't think he's ever done straight just batman yeah that's interesting yeah he's like a he's like a green lantern light bright guy like kind of a classic um man that's cool did you read uh batman white knight i have it but i haven't finished sean murphy uh yeah where like the 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 public comes around to joker's side kind of right yeah that was really interesting because you see a lot of like uh, well, he's just provoking Joker. Batman's provoking him, right. and, you know, and then all this property damage, and you know, uh, Joker is mentally ill. He needs help, and all of a sudden, it's like, woof, man, you can see those arguments being made for some, right? Yeah, for people, right? You know, they're they're. It's not crime; it's rape. It's you know, it's mm. like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> like, <it's kinda laughs> I mean, that goes all the way back to Dark Knight Returns. That was the whole, the whole thing in Dark Knight Returns was the the psychologists and the media going after Batman. It's like, Batman's the reason that, that Harvey Dent is in the state. When we remove Batman, everybody's docile and, and cool again. Right. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I mean, it's, I mean, it is, you know, he's murdered all these people, but it's just like, so you, you look at society and think, you're going so insane. I can't believe how somebody would think this. And surely not. But then now, society's being just as insane. Yeah. <laughs> Today. So that kind of gets us to where I wanted to go with this conversation, is that Regardless of who wins, regardless of what we finally figure out in a month or three weeks or whatever, the the nation is split, and we have a rabid, radical leftist group who wants to remake the nation in their own image. Like that, that is just a reality that we're going to have to live with going forward. And for whatever reason, they have sway with media and with corporations. Like their voice matters for yeah. whatever reason. Now the the problem is what are we going to do about that going forward because i don't think there's any any more wait and see or sit back and let it play out like we have to be active at this point going forward if we want to preserve any kind of semblance of freedom or or just american ideal that existed at any time right um yeah so let's assume biden wins like right. that where things are going so that's just kind of where we should operate i think with our minds um he i, I don't believe okay look so you have democrat and republican and that's like two-party system binary divided whatever and i'm not here to apollo uh, be an apologist for the republican party or right. conservatism or the american dream mm. or capitalism or whatever um nor you know democratic party and liberalism and right. all those things because i think uh, those things aren't really clearly even defined now like mm. what is the, the republican conservative right trump right, right. I, I don't think so but he's the guy mm -hmm. uh what's the democrat party uh liberal kind of side uh Black Lives Matter, Antifa? I don't think so. I don't think that's Democrat. I don't think that's liberal, right? right? So, the, right. so I, the, the traditional ideas of left and right, I think are really faded. 
or really, right. so I couldn't even like try to defend him if I tried. I'm not going to defend Trump, or I'm not going to defend Antifa, <laughs> right? So, right. <laughs> uh, but we can defend as Christians. Hmm. We can defend in any arena, in any school of thought, in family, in university, in politics, in business, in education, any any realm. We can defend truth because as Christians, we believe truth does exist, and like actual truth. Not just we make up our own truth, which is which even they don't people who say that don't believe. Right. But in any but in any case, you can still defend truth. Truth can be sought and found and known, right? And right. defended. And the biggest difference between traditional left and traditional right seems to me to be where do rights come from? Mm. Right. So where do your rights come from? If they are endowed by our creator, inalienable rights endowed by our creator, then that means they weren't, <clears throat> they pre-exist government. Right. So, so Republicans traditionally and the right traditionally understand that rights pre-existed government and government was created to protect those God-given rights. So God gives us our rights. We are born in his image and being in image bearers of God are automatically do a certain inherent value and dignity and worth and rights. Uh, and then I think the Bible spells out a lot of human rights as well, um, but they were given; they're not granted to you by society, by the collective, right, or by a government, or by the powers that be, or by a king, or by whatever. So we have them at birth; these rights, and then they're defined and protected through like the Constitution and the, the, the government. So, but I don't think people who lean more left thinking don't think that they don't they don't think you know that we have god-given right well first of all a lot of leftist ideas uh, ideology doesn't believe in god at all right so anything you have is a social construct even yourselves well robin angelo says uh race is a social construct like <laughs> there's no racism like there's no there was racism before there was race somehow um in that, that everything is a social construct gender race and rights right so if that's the case well society changes okay well then so all these things are going to change over time including your rights so you have certain rights and they're given to you by the collective by the society and as society and a collective changes well, so do your rights and so and they can be taken they can be added they can be changed they can be whatever so like your example is the gay marriage rights right so it was it's the, the the gay rights movement the gay marriage movement has was framed as a uh civil rights movement right? right and and we want rights like you do we don't we have unequal rights right, right? equal rights that's how it was framed well it's technically not true actually logically rationally true technically we had the same rights i can marry a woman and a gay person can marry a woman, can, has a right to marry right. a woman. I don't have a right to marry a man, and neither does this person who has sexual orientation is gay. They cannot have the right. So we have equal rights. What we want is super rights. What mm -hmm. we want is different rights, additional rights. And so it wasn't, we, we don't have the equal rights. We do, technically, as humans, as a man, as a woman, as whatever. We right. have rights. What we want is the rights to change. And it wasn't framed that way, but that's actually what was happening. 
And that's what actually did happen with Obergefell and stuff in 2015 and all that. So different rulings of the Supreme Court. Um, so that, but that's a frame, but that's a, that's a frame for everything, free speech, gun control, everything, all these different rights that we have. Well, they're going to change as society changes. Mm. They don't pre-exist government and then protected by government. Mm. They are given to you by the powers on high. Mm. And as they change and culture changes and society changes, your rights are going to be changed or taken away or altered or whatever. So I think, and that's a, that, I think that's the basis of all the differences basically between, because then it's like, okay, now you have a right to healthcare. Mm. Well, now you have a right to a car. Now you have a right to, let's just keep going. Like whatever. Right. It's like, you can't just like make these up <laughs> in some political science class. Like, well, the, I mean, the thing you're talking about is it's foundational. It's worldview, right? Like that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. It's not politics. It's worldview. Is it, we're talking about where rights come from. We're talking about ultimately sources. So either we believe that the thing terminates here at creation or the thing terminates with the creator. So either your rights come from God or your rights come from us. But that depends if you believe in a God in the first place. Right. And it's, yeah. Go ahead. So, and that's why I think the Republican Party has kind of dissolved into Trump or uh, populism because they don't, they, they've kind of lost that worldview slowly, slowly. I've noticed like the, what used to be the traditional Christian Republican kind of fading into a non-existent thing. Now it has become more of a political thing. Like, look, we have to be okay with certain ideas that maybe we're not conservative or Christian in the first place, but to get our political means, we need to be able to embrace uh, homosexuality as an okay thing for the vote. Mm-hmm. So that I think that's why the Republican Party has kind of dissolved because at this point they also don't have a foundation, right? But yeah, I do think that. So, like, if someone if someone disagrees with you, the answer to someone disagreeing with you is to talk to them, say, right? I have a better argument, right? Someone who's trying to silence you, mm. the response is a middle finger. Right, and that's what right. Trump was. Trump was just a giant yes. middle finger. Trump, Trump is not a better argument from the Republican no. Party. Trump is just a giant middle finger from the Republican right. Party to the increasingly radical left that is no longer wants to talk. They want to just silence you. They want to just remove you. Right. Um, so it's like, okay, well, now we're not talking anymore. We're just, you know, hurling mud at each other. And so here's Trump. <laughs> You know, that's what Trump is just a giant middle finger to this, you know, yeah. So for better word, like that, but that, like, what other response can we have against someone who's just literally trying to silence you? They're not trying to make better arguments. Again, I'm not even talking about Democrats. I'm talking about like the radical left that most Democrats don't agree with. And I think the yeah. Democratic Party and, and, and the liberals have been hijacked by this radical left yeah. ideas, like insane insanity. Um, well, yeah. The thing about Trump is he, he is so far removed from a tr traditional Republican candidate. So I think he wasn't just a middle finger to the radical left, but he was also a, a middle finger to the weak, effeminate Republican Party from like the disenfranchised people. Right. So mm -hmm. like it, it, he, he has that habit of nicknaming everybody, like calling Jeb Bush low energy. Like, yeah. Jeb Bush is low energy. Nobody's excited Lion about Jeb Bush. Lion Ted. Lion Ted. Sleepy <laughs> Joe. 
Hillary. You know, just get Hillary. I love them. They're like like Magic the Gathering cards. Like <laughs> they're like pro wrestling gimmicks. He hands them out. And they gotta. <laughs> but that I mean that's true. Like Mitt Romney was so sterile and bland and boring. Like he had no no What's personality. Do you have a name for him? No, yeah. I, I don't think they were ever on the same the same uh, level. Mormon Mitt. but like that's i mean that's kind of been the republican thing is to be uh proper and prim and clean and squeaky and trump was loud and obnoxious and in your face and in in some ways he he gave off like a stronger energy like this is a guy that's willing to say what he believes and do what he says he's going to do as opposed to everybody else who comes in and talks a big game but doesn't do anything well, yeah, the problem with the Republican Party for a long time was it's supposed to be this moral majority, but they were just as corrupt and, and right. evil as anyone. But but they, they they put this facade of like church going evangelical, uh, you know, what's that guy Buckley William F Buckley presentation of like you know even though I think he was an atheist, wasn't he? I don't know. Yeah. I want to say that, but um, <laughs> we'll cut it out. It was just like kind of moral majority, kind of right. like holier than now kind of thing but then they were constantly being found with you know gay prostitutes and stuff right. like drugs and like whatever else and it's like well now like what what are you then you know <laughs> and then whereas trump his is all just out there right He's it's like, out in the open yeah i cheated with a porn star like that's just out there and so there's no more moral majority anymore but still in wanting to uphold uh tr- like traditional american values of capitalism and freedom and, and all those things but just in a big fu way instead of like a moral majority way like which i which i kind of which i respect more than like stop trying to make american america and the founding fathers and the american dream christianity because it's not like right. that's not what christianity is and i think for a long time republicans were calling it like god's promised land and mm-hmm. like had this weird had this manifest destiny idea yes. of america and I don't think Trump has that. I don't think he has, you know, not in a God way, not in a Christian way. I think he does for the sake of just the ideas that these people came up with for America, which I agree. And I think a lot of them fall in line with Christianity. But again, even uh, like just like what the declaration says, nature and nature is God, right? Like, you know, given to rights are given to us by nature or nature is God. Well, that was conceding too much to me. Right. Like, the founders weren't Christian enough. I think. Mm. like, <laughs> you know, so, because I mean, first of all, anybody who steals a human being is definitely. Right. So all right. the founding fathers who own slaves, stolen human beings mm. by Leviticus, they should be put to death mm. by God's law. So I don't know what, I mean, there you go. There's George Washington and Jefferson, like everybody, everybody but yeah, they had, I think, but I also think that they knew that there was a problem with what they were talking about freedom and for all men and all these things. And that it was hypocritical, but I think they, they, they thought it would, it would get to where it's not hypocritical and we could let, here's the ideas. We know we're not upholding to them, but hopefully over the course of, of American history, we can. And I think for the most part we have by abolishing slavery, by, you know, like doing all these things. I, I think that's, it's gotten more and more consistent with what we say we believe from the founding. Mm-hmm. And that that's important, but it but that doesn't make you a Christian. That doesn't make us a Christian nation, right? You know? So well, I mean, the thing that they did at least have is they had a theistic worldview, right? At the at the very least, they had that in common with 
some of us now, right? Like they understood that they, they may not have called it total depravity or original sin, but they understood that there was a flaw in humanity that man cannot be trusted with power. Like they right. got that point. Yeah. The division of powers, that was right. huge. That, yeah, that is a really huge thing. Um, if someone pointed, put it to like, uh, I read this article, they're talking about how like the, the constitution, it was, it was written by, uh, I believe a black woman who she said, my great, great grandfather, the constitution kept my great, great grandfather or called him three fifths of a person. Mm. Right. But I love it. Right. Mm. I love the constitution. She says. And so and the whole article was about like, uh, I'm, I'm shoveling out a horse stall and I find a diamond. Well, I, don't, I, I brush it off and I keep it. I don't throw it out because where I found it. Right. And so you find the constitution declaration, these good ideas in this horse stall of <laughs> the founding atmosphere <laughs> everything, Right. But, but, you don't throw it away. You, you clean it off. You, you clean it, you, you reform it, you get it going. And like, this is good. We found this. And so we're going right. to brush it off and, and do what we can to like polish it up and clear out away from it. And I think over course of American history, we have. So, uh, that, that is, um, that's something. And, and like, that's, I think the radical left doesn't believe that increasingly no. education is saying that, no, you throw that diamond's a lie. You right. just put out because of where you found it, because right. of the society built around it, right? So, but I mean, you're talking, you're talking worldview issues again, because that's again, that's a theistic idea. When you talk about reform or salvaging or mm -hmm. you know, treasure good out of the bad, those are all ideas that require the idea of redemption or reformation, and those are all theistic ideas. We have an atheistic society that that is leeching off of a society built from theistic ideas. So essentially, uh, the cross-politic guys were talking about this, how Christians and the Christian worldview is really good at building a society that's great, but what they're terrible at is keeping it afterwards. For whatever reason, they build it and then hand it over to an atheistic world to then just ruin. Well, it was it's never Christian. The only kingdom of God is Christian. Right. So but that can't I, be handed over. Right, but when we talk about like the idea of man being flawed so separation of power having to be a thing or inalienable rights granted from a creator like those ideas couldn't have come from an atheistic worldview they only could have come from a christian worldview so the the founding fathers may have been borrowing christian ideas but at least they were borrowing christian ideas so e even they have like the 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 puritan ideal to look back on to be able to pull from yeah you're so far removed from that we don't even have that to pull from anymore well, I think the founding fathers had the orchard and were taking the fruit. Yes. And now with the radical left wants to chop down the orchard and the, tre the trees and still keep coming back for the fruit yes. of those things. But that only comes from that tree. Mm. You can't chop down the tree and keep coming back for fruit. Mm. So, and, and, you know, you get a bunch of bushels of, of apples, you think this will last forever. And so chop down this tree. Then you start running out of apples. It's like, oh right. crap! We go back. <laughs> oh crap! There's no tree. Oh, these did. We didn't just. The, they didn't come from the basket. It came from the tree, right? They're in the basket, but you know. So we thought we could just ride it forever. That's what like Doug Wilson talks about. Like, um, a, a, a country founded on Christianity, you can piggyback on that for decades, right? right. But only you can't sustain, right? <laughs> It is that idea of like you're cutting off the source of these things, like liberty and freedom and human rights are only intelligible if there's a God. Right. It makes no, it makes no sense to, uh, what 
Dr. White's uh, favorite Star Trek phrase, ugly, ugly bags of mostly water. <laughs> right. That's what we are. If that's what we are, well, then human rights, what are you talking about? We're startup, you know? So it means nothing. And mm. we're increasingly see that mean nothing. And that's, that's the really scary part. So it really comes down to, comes back to rights and they're not given and created by the collective. They are pre-existent collective. Right. So uh, you mentioned like, you know, when we talk about the Christian Christian society or Christian world, we're talking about the kingdom of God. We're not talking about the kingdom of, of this world, be it America or any other country or society that was built. So increasingly, we're that that's really the that's really the battle that's coming forward. I think the, the, the idea of like Republican versus Democrat is kind of going to fade. Like you said, they already kind of have faded. Like we don't have that anymore. We have the radical left and the populist right. Like we don't really have the traditional Republican Democrat divide anymore. Now it's like the the loudest mouth on both sides has hijacked the whole thing. So really going forward, it's going to be the kingdom of God and the principles of God versus secularism and humanistic principles. Mm -hmm. So as, as members of that kingdom, what are we gonna do going forward what's our game plan going forward i think we have to know scripture i think mm -hmm. we have to we, we of course i want to keep christianity as free as possible right in, in our society like sure you know like that's that's fine but if it doesn't then uh, you know i'm going to vote for keeping people as free not to do whatever they want but to be to follow truth and do what's right and follow Christianity. As long as like, there's no pro pro prohibitions against uh, pastors who will not do a same sex marriage. Right. Like I'm, I'm going to be for that. I'm going to vote for that. Um, so, and I'm going to, you know, vote for, I mean, that th those are the rights we show. Again, that's truth that we, that can be sought and voted for and pursued in any society. So it ought to be by Christians, but, if that goes the other way, then okay, then we're not on the like America truck. We're on the right. God truck, and so we're gonna ride this wherever it goes. You know, the American truck crash and burn. We're not okay. You right. Know, it was nice, but you know, <laughs> like you know, in, in in being like of the post mill eschatology, thinking right. about things increasingly getting better. Oh, how can you say that? Look at you know Christianity's dying. Whatever. Look, America. Entire history of America would be a blip on American on human history. It really could. We've only been, you know we've been here such a little time <laughs> compared to other civilizations and in, in, in countries nations. We're already still almost like a little blip, basically. Right. Two hundred um, years is nothing. It's like nothing. Uh, and I also think the church is in its infancy, not its maturity, right? And so there's way more to go. Right. But thinking of it that way, it's like okay, this can just be a little thing that happened in human history and then we get it right or better later on um but i think we follow truth follow biblical truth know what the bible says i think for the longest time people just thought i'm born in america i go to church and so i'm i'm of the christian faith right. i am a faithful i'm part of the kingdom and you're not for a long time the republican party had this ned philander's moral majority mask on right. and i think that mask being taken away so it's like good you can see this was just a like political thing. This isn't a mm. faithful Christian thing. Mm. So we need to stick with that faithful Christian thing, mm. right? Not the political thing. If, if things, if, if 
true biblical uh, truth uh, lines up with a political side for a little while, and even great, let's go over that. But we're not gonna just we're not gonna get sidetracked by it and start following that as because it's a false god. It's the patriotic idolatry, right? right. It's and that's it's idolatry to to start doing that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I, I tried to break it down into these three ideas that I hope we can kind of explore through the rest of the, the month. Uh, as far as like what what is what does the kingdom of God look like? Because I, I, on the video we put up this week, if you guys haven't seen it, it's on YouTube and on Facebook. Check it out. Uh, I sat down with one of my pastors to talk about what what it looks like going forward. If the election goes sideways or you know whatever happens, how, how do we react and how do we look at it? And one of the things that he pointed out was that the kingdom of God is not of this world. And that, that's been true through the entire Christian history. So if we look at the history of Christianity, empires and nations have risen and fallen, but the church has persisted. And, and I know we like to think that it's dark right now, but we're not thinking of, you know, the, the Islamic conquest of Europe when Islam swept through the Iberian Peninsula and took over everything. And to be a Christian was to really be a second-class citizen. And, and Christianity came back from that. Like or the Roman Empire when it was literally underground for the first 300 years of its, its existence until the emperor decided to be a Christian. And then we got to come out and flourish a little more. So we have that perspective that the kingdom of God is going to outlast. I was saying, uh, you know, one of the things my pastor said that really stuck out to me was that through the history of the church, nations and empires have risen and fallen, but the church has persisted. Right. Yeah. And, and it will. Because like he said, the gate cannot prevail against it. We will. We yeah. will persist. So I tried to break down these three ideas of what's the duty of the kingdom of God. What do we do? And I, what I kind of came to, and you tell me what you think of this, is evangelism, apologetics, and discipleship, right? So uh, <clears throat> evangelize the nation, disciple the new converts, and defend the faith. Right. So I think that's, that's good. Yeah. Uh, right. That 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 is good. Yeah, that, that's perfect because apologetics, apologetics gets a bad rap in, in church. And I don't understand why, because it's like, oh, that's great. It's apologetics, uh, which is learning how to defend the faith, right. knowing rational and biblical arguments for God and for Christianity and for biblical truths and these things, knowing how to explain that and defend the faith as apologetics. It's, it gets a bad, bad rap because it's not, it's not true, though. It's, it's generally looked at as like, well, that's not outreach that's not evangelical that's not inviting your neighbor to church that's not uh whatever it's too argumentative it's too uh whatever and so we're just like you know if we can have a special little class sometime over here that'd be fun but you know we really need to just tell people jesus loves them and stuff and like focus on backyard barbecues and, and those kinds of things invite your neighbor to church you know like do that and so now what we have is a whole generation that doesn't know jack about the Bible or how to defend <laughs> the faith. So they get into those backyard barbecue conversations. They invite their neighbor to church and outreach programs, whatever. And they get one question. Hey, why do Christians hate gay people? It's like, hmm. uh, 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 we don't. Being gay is totally fine. Oh, hmm. now, you know, now or like whatever, abortion. Oh, 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 it's not. You know, and that's where you get these evangelic fish that don't know how to right. like – defend anything any there's no confidence there's no boldness in defending your faith and as you learn more about the bible and the rational and uh biblical faithful arguments for christianity 
for the validity and reliability of the Bible, for uh, everything, you get more confident and, and you want to talk about it. You you want to you know invite friends and stuff because you're ready for all their questions or whatever they might ask. And so that does lead to evangelism. Like I don't understand an apologetics without evangelism. That's what it is. Because every time you invite someone to Christ or have a gospel conversation, those questions inevitably come up. And if they're not, mm-hmm. they should. And so instead of inviting people, what you and I'm a firm believer that what you invite people with is what you invite them to. So if you invite people with Jesus loves you and say, repeat after me this prayer, that's what you've invited them to. You're not invited them to a true faithful biblical Christianity. Right. So like where they have to have a reckoning on their lives and true repentance, yeah. uh, you invited them to a lifestyle. You've invited them to this evangelical culture. You've not invited right. them to true Christianity. Yeah. So because you don't, because people don't know true biblical Christianity and yeah. they just know pizza and Xbox youth group night. <laughs> and so that's what they do. And so that's what they're right. inviting people with. And that's where they're inviting people to. You invite yeah. people with free pizza and Xbox. You've invited them to free pizza and Xbox and a lock-in and a mission trip and just whatever else. Like that's what you've invited them to. You've not invited right. them to a true faithful biblical Christianity. Mm. So apologetics is huge in that, but it's all connected. That's connected right. to evangelism. There's no apologetics without evangelism. You're mm. trying to win the person. You're trying to defend the faith faithfully, not just with philosophy or, or clever arguments, but actually like the Bible says this. And here's a, it's a clash of worldviews. Here's what we're talking about. Which worldview is consistent with how humans are? Oh, we're stars. Right. Okay, you don't live that way. You live as if you're made in the image of God and people actually matter. <laughs> so and that's, like, okay, the, that's why these things. Yeah. You know, if you look at first Peter three fifteen, that's the first part of the command. We always look at always be prepared to make a defense, but we never look at the first part. But in your heart, honor Christ the Lord is holy. Like that's mm-hmm. the foundation of apologetics, is the the honoring of Christ as holy above all. Yeah. Right. So that's, yeah, that, that's accountability, that's walking right. in faith, growing in knowledge, that's those mm-hmm things yeah that lead to people seeing a hope within you and then right. asking about it and you having an answer like it's all connected mm-hmm. and that's and, and, you know discipleship is i i think the the apologetics is a big misstep but i think discipleship has been a big misstep in classical american evangelicalism like the discipleship just doesn't really exist and I, i'm not talking about like youth group or accountability group or whatever bible study on wednesday like real actual hands dirty discipleship where you're actually walking with somebody who has something to teach you about the faith who, who's been doing it for a while who can tell you like who, who has the, the the comfort and respect to be able to tell you like hey this is where you're messing up and this is what you need to do about it mm-hmm. we, we really don't have that one because it's not like you said it's offensive it's not loving it's well, not evangelistic no, we have it it's just not with biblical christians mm. we have mm. it with our friend from high school mm. who we call for advice. We have it mm. with uh, those, that great band that really influences me. We have mm. disciples. We have influence and indoctrination going on and we're walking through life with somebody. Problem is a lot of times for a lot of people, it's Lady Gaga, mm. right? Mm. <laughs> so That's you, true. You're always, you're always being discipled. You're always being influenced and world, worldviews being shaped or whatever. But who is it by? Biblical faithful Christians who are going to hold you to the scripture and hold you accountable and like ask you where your heart is and your mind is, or is it uh, some political party or mm-hmm. is it whatever, you know, like that we're always being discipled and influenced and our know, world is being shaped in some mm-hmm. way. 
But it's just like well, that better be a good source. Well, I mean, the thing so, you're talking about, yeah. the, the things you're talking about when the, those kind of discipleship and indoctrination, they're they're safe discipleship because the the band that's influences you isn't going to ask you any hard questions. Your high right. school friend isn't going to judge any of the decisions you made. Uh, right. the, the group of people that you know from work, they're all they're going to encourage you to chase after the thing you want. So, uh, right, you do you exactly. So, yeah, I, I everybody needs a Solomon. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna glow him up a little bit here. Solomon is the the stepdad that everybody needs. Uh, <laughs> we <laughs> we have a lot of conversations off podcast, like we you know we've known each other for a while, and you know th there'll be times when I'll say, "This is what I'm feeling," or "This is what I'm thinking," or "This is how I how I see things." And we have a kind of relationship where he can tell me like, well, all of what you just said is wrong and here's why. And I can receive that knowing that it's given out of love and uh, compassion and care ultimately, not a place of judgment. But all of that comes from the fact that we've been, uh, you know, working together, walking together for the faith, right? That we, we've agreed before we do anything, we have to sanctify. That's, you know, we took a break on this for a while because we were like, are, are we doing this with the intention of actually doing something for the kingdom? Or are we just doing this just to do it? So, you know, that, that's an important distinction too with discipleship, just like with apologetics is a commitment to actually strive for holiness, right? which is a thing that the American church doesn't do. Like we strive for morality maybe or, or, or a semblance. Yeah. But, but holy, yeah, right. Churchiness, not holiness. And they're not the same. Yeah. There's a really good book called mere churchianity. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And I, I think we we've started to see and we're going to continue to see the, the fruits of that kind of idea with big, important people in the Christian culture falling away. Like It just keeps happening over and over. Today, I sent you that clip of, of uh, Carl Lentz, the guy from uh, uh, where is he from? I don't even know where he's from. Hillsong or whatever. Hill, uh, or no, what? Yeah, yeah. He's Hillsong. from Hillsong. Is it Hillsong? It's New. It's the New York campus. I know that. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, he's he's out now. Apparently, he got fired for a moral failing. I don't know what that means exactly, but I can guess what it means. So, I mean, take that where you will. I don't know who he was. I saw. He I've seen him a lot. He was on Oprah. He was Bieber's pastor. Uh, he's like the celebrity pastor. He's the cool pastor. He's not a regular dad. He's a cool dad. <laughs> so. Yeah. Hey, I mean, you know that. Like, where was his discipleship? Where was somebody pointing right. him to scripture? And maybe they were, maybe, you know, I mean, you can be in a discipleship group, you know, forever and still just not take it, not just like, right. be, you know, just deny it in, in, your, in our unrighteousness and, and do that. I mean, uh, but it, it really does matter. Like it's, it's, it, you need to surround yourself with people who are asking you those tough questions and pointing mm -hmm. to the scripture and not just telling right. you you're wrong or like whatever it's like, but pointing to scripture and, and mm -hmm. asking with true compassion and, and love, Hey, what's going on? You know, Hey, right. uh, you know, whatever. Um, over the last couple of years, I've, I've been doing the internship with the church and with my church and, uh, pursuing full-time ministry, but we have this like internship pipeline kind of thing that we're, I'm kind of a guinea pig for it. But, um, but it's, it's really been good because like we have church set up, you know, we don't, we don't meet in our own church building. So we have to go and set everything up and stuff. So we have a team and then that team takes time to pray and talk and, and kind of have a little disciple time right there before church. Uh, so we have that, and then like Monday night, now now Tuesday night, is staff meeting, right? And before every staff meeting, we have a, what are you bringing into the room? How's your heart? You know, what's mm -hmm. going on, everything. And then Wednesday is CG, community group, right? Mm -hmm. Same, same right. kind of thing. 
where it's like a more intimate setting of going over the sermon with scripture and encouraging and praying for each other and kind of what he bring to the room. Then Friday, tomorrow morning, or the Thursday of this now, we used to have one with David. Uh, Thursday of this, where we kind of debrief right before we right. get on. And then Friday, I have, right, every Friday morning at 6 a.m., I have a discipleship group with two guys from church at gyms. Mm. So like five times a week, <laughs> I've got someone asking me, how's your heart? Where's mm. your head? What's going on? How you doing? So like in my own personal life and everything I'm dealing with, if if my relationship with my family's not well or if I'm doing work, whatever is going on, places of sin, places of temptation, places of backsliding or falling, whatever, I have to either lie five times. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. If, you, if you ask that many times, it, it's like, okay, like this is like you're going to break down and really like focus on how is my heart? Where is my head? What is going on? What, you know, what am I dealing with? And, you know, you might not even realize it until that fourth day day during the week of like someone asking, it's like, oh, I've been doing this all week. I've been doing this all month. Like, you know, but you get asked so much and it's just that constant, you know, and it should just never stop. So you, you have to put yourself in that, in that environment of surrounding yourself with biblically minded Christians who are going to ask you how your heart is and, and ask you to, do you have anything to repent? Do you have anything to praise God for? How's your prayer life? How's your family? How's your wife? You know, all these kinds of things that, that a lot of people just don't even take the time to consider and, mm-hmm. and think about. Um, but it does take that Christian community to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's something that's not going to be touched, right? Like even with COVID, right. churches down and stuff, we still had that. We still had Zoom. We still had uh, communicate constant communication, Christian, right. Christian, you know. So I don't see that going at any time in, in any of our lifetime, you know. I mean, if anything, it's going to be – it's going to have to be magnified. With whatever mm-hmm. happens, you know, say say that we do have another Biden wins and he gets his lockdown for another six months or whatever, you know, it, the the casual churchgoer is going to just let it slide. That's just how it's going to be. It's like, well, we can't go, so we're not going to go. We're not going to make an effort to go. The people who are like thirsty for righteousness are going to be seeking out that discipleship and that evangelism and that constant surrounding. It, it, it's the thing about Wilson talked about it a lot. Uh, one of the things that's that's freeing about discipleship is that confession rids you of the things that you're hiding, mm-hmm. right? So w- one of the reasons that Christianity is kind of faltered is, and, and the Republican Party is kind of faltered, like you said, is that we find out the secrets, right? Like the 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 anti-gay marriage politician is the one that has a gay lover on the side, or the the one who's fighting against uh, drug use is the one who has a coke habit, and we <laughs> find that out. So, but it's because they keep those things hidden and they keep them secret and they don't confess them and they bury them away and it's their their little secret thing that they keep confession is the only way to keep yourself from being compromised. Right. And so that's going to be super important going forward when everybody is saying compromise, compromise, compromise. It's like, well, I I don't have any, everything is laid bare. Everything is out in the open because that's freedom. It's, it's the, the idea in John chapter three that they didn't come to the light because they knew their evil deeds would be exposed. Instead, they love the darkness, but everybody who came to the light, they finally turn a life through that freedom, through that opening, through that exposure. Right. Yeah, a lot of compromise, especially on the right, comes from this pursuit of uh, in look, I think capitalism is the best system. It's not perfect and there's problems and that they need to be like dealt with and figured out. But I think it's it's created the most wealth for most people, uh, most prosperity for everyone, mm-hmm. um, for, for the most people. Um, but I think we've compromised in other areas because there's like this social and fiscal ideas, right? Like I'm a right. fiscal liberal, social conservative, 
social liberal, fiscal conservative. There's right. a lot of social liberal, like Rogan's social liberal, but fiscal conservative. Right. Taxes, money makes sense. Let's do it, whatever. But I don't know for Bernie. Uh, it makes no sense. <laughs> but he's like gay marriage, abortion, everything for everybody, you know, whatever. So right. liberal. But I think a lot of times Republicans are driven by the dollar into those social conservative areas where they're willing to compromise mm. on those things because everybody's money's green. Right. Mm. So it's like, well, I'm just going to take money from anybody like, or whatever. It's, it's like all these capitalists like Nike and Apple are going woke because everybody's money's green. I don't want to do anything, right. to anybody when I want to give me money. So I'm just going to cave on any compromise on any sort of social question uh, because capitalism drives everything and that's the bottom line or whatever. Mm. So it's like, well, okay, that's a problem with capitalism <laughs> just from a Christian perspective. Right. Uh, we can't have profits be our motivation in all those things. If you're running a business, sure. You're like for my right. business, capitalism and the, the profit is, is the motivator. It's going to mm. be everything, but right. it can't allow us to compromise as Christians mm. on anything else because one thing is good. I'm going to co compromise these other areas because of capitalism or something. Mm. And it, it's funny because the world knows that because whenever a, a prominent Christian becomes uh the target that's what they go after is their wallet right that's the bottom line like uh mm -hmm. chick-fil-a is is a christian company don't buy their food like right boycott, you, you can, yeah. right. boycott. Yeah. exactly that's wallet. always what it comes down to yeah but i mean the difference is going to be especially with chick-fil-a like when they said boycott chick-fil-a christians sanctify chick-fil-a is holy in their heart and they just you know they went all in on it so i, I think that's an aspect of, of culture that maybe needs to change a little bit and i don't really know how but especially talking about social media and stuff when ideas become hate speech or uh, beliefs become intolerable and they start to get stifled on social media, where do you go? Where's the alternative? I, I think we need to be able to create and, and foster and, and cultivate alternatives to that kind of thing. And, and I don't know if there's a lot of Christians really looking at that yet. I, I think there's going to have to be because eventually there's going to be enough of us that are off platforms to have to think, well, what are we going to do now? But I, I think it's better to start early and maybe start now looking at what can I do with what I have to advance the kingdom in the realms of uh, social capital or in the, in the realms of, of entertainment or in the realms of, of storytelling just in general. Yeah. You know, that's, you bring up storytelling and entertainment. That's really interesting because I've been thinking about that a lot lately as far as um, what's good entertainment, what's high quality entertainment, what, you know, and I gotta say pure flicks is not, you know, uh, Kirk Cameron and uh, uh, <laughs> the fireproof, courageous, <laughs> fighting giant, whatever those movies like. That's I don't, I don't think that's good. I just don't think. Sign up for Pure Felix with our code, time and place for a ten. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like these. Oh no, like, yeah, for sure. Hallmark, because ultimately you're gonna get the Hallmark Channel, right? Like if you try to do like Christian entertainment, it always comes out as the Hallmark Channel, which just right. sucks. But I actually want to live in Hallmark world. I, I want, <laughs> have you ever seen those movies? There's like 40 new movies every year for Christmas. Yeah. And it's all garbage. It's 100%. And it's always like, <laughs> I was a comedian was talking about like, uh, my girlfriend just recently moved back to her hometown or something, or she visited her hometown for something. It's like, and I kind of make a lot of money. And <laughs> If Hallmark Channel is like, I'm the bad guy. <laughs> I live in the city and I wear a suit. <laughs> She's going to go to her small town and meet the carpenter. 
and fall in love with him. Oh, man. Like, oh, man. But, <laughs> but it's true. It's like the same story, just recycled. Yeah, it is. It's true. But so what I was thinking about entertainment, because I'm thinking about that with myself of like, yeah, mm -hmm. what movies do I watch, what TV shows, what books, whatever. Right. And I'm finding myself more and more wanting to know more about history. And I'm reading mm -hmm. more history and finding it very fascinating and finding it just as good or better than any movie or any sto fictional story that co that's coming out. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, this is like, and, and it really happened. Right. Like I'm reading the story of Augustus right now, Rome's first mm -hmm. emperor and like how, there was all this turmoil with Julius Caesar, how he died, and and they went after all his assassins, and it's really interesting. I was like, man, this is like, uh, what's where's this movie? I'm sure there's been a movie made up, but it's like, man, this is cool. This is a book that's reading just as good as a novel, but it's pure history. Like, th this right. is really interesting. So, and, I, and I'm seeing more stuff like uh, dramatizations of historical things. Like, National Geographic has this thing, uh, the right stuff with the about the astronauts and stuff mm, and like, mm, mm. like that's interesting that's really i want to know i want to see more biopics i want to see more uh dramatizations of, of histories and stuff and 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 kind of look at those things you know war movies history movies uh history of science history of whatever like uh, things that really happen being told and that kind of driving the narrative of like the truth of the history of how, we're, how everything really went down and all that i think that's really interesting and so like what if that was our entertainment world um like you ever see the movie uh the invention of lying Rick no Ray? i haven't seen that one i know what you're talking about but i haven't seen it it's really interesting because all the entertainment they have and all the tv and movies thing are all just history stories hmm. they're all just like well then this, but it's all boring and stuff it's like this happened and the, you know there's no embellishment there's no dramatization right, or right. Anything, lie. but one of the funniest jokes of that movie was a, a, an advertisement on the bus because there's no lying everyone's completely 100 honest mm -hmm. but no one's ever lied before so advertising, so okay, what, you know, how do you do advertising and right. why? And there's a Coke commercial and he's like, um, it's bubbly, it tastes really good. Uh, it's not really good for you, but it tastes good and we want that. So <laughs> <laughs> going through all the go through the nutritional facts. And then there was a, on the side of the bus, there was an advertisement for Pepsi and the slogan was, when they don't have Coke. <laughs> <laughs> She was like, that's true. And not wrong. <laughs> it was just really funny. Anyway, so yeah, like all I, I thought about that. Like all their stories and movies and things were just history and things that went down in the past. It's mm -hmm. like, man, there's so much history. And I think uh, our culture is so ignorant of history, all history, not just biblical history or American history of where all these ideas come from, philosophy, whatever. All history, world history, everything. There's thousands and thousands of years of stories and characters and people and, you know, civilizations and battles and romances and adventures and all these things that have really happened. We have a lot of documentation and in, in historic history written about it already that people just don't know. And it's like, what if that was like, I forget Christian fiction movies, forget Christian novels, <laughs> Christian fiction section at Barnes and Noble is just crap. It just sucks. Like Christian novels just generally suck. Hmm. It's like, it's just, it's just it's, they're always a ham fisted. I'll, I'll, to be honest, a lot of uh, current fiction novels, they just suck. Hmm. It's all some teenage paranormal vampire bull crap. It just, <laughs> sucks. it just sucks. I mean, everything on television, a lot of things on television suck. A lot of things on television are great, but they're rooted in true histories, I think. Hmm. And they're kind of like retold. Those are the most fascinating ones. But documentaries, biopics, dramatizations of historical things. I see that as being the future of entertainment. I hope that would be the future of entertainment. That way people get some knowledge of what actually happened in the past, some 
uh, historical literacy and start understanding, hey, there was like, you know, those whole movies about that. And that really turned out bad for the <laughs> Russians or for the Cubans or for whatever. Um, so let's not do that. And it's just make people more aware of it because people are watching movies and reading books and watching television shows. And the more they retell these true stories, maybe we can get some semblance and some real picture of humanity and what ideas work and what ideas didn't work. But that, that's going to have to be, that's going to have to be a Christian thing going forward because the, the, the secular left, the radical rabid left hates history. Like they're actively erasing history. Right. So but, it, but I think that's something more palatable that even like the secular non-Christian uh, can be like, well, okay, yeah, let's do a, a history of George Washington movie and like, and all his faithfulness and all his philosophies and all his things. But like, let's do a history of Spurgeon or a history of John Locke or a history of Columbus or whatever, and like really dive into those things. Uh, whereas Christians, I, I think, yeah, Christians should lead that front. There should be more Christian entertainment and it should be history centered. Hmm. That's what I'm saying. It should be more Christian-centered, uh, Christian-driven, produced, acted, written entertainment of world history, hmm. right? Because it's all God's history anyway. Right. And so, like, hey, that's all ours. All this history of the world and everything, all ideas, all things that happen, civilizations, nations, fall, whatever, those are all God's. So it's our God. So let's tell those stories hmm. in a faithful way, in a true way. Because again, truth, uh, philosophy, reason, morality, love, romance, adventure, all these things only mean anything in a Christian worldview. Mm. The other worldviews were stardust. Okay, you don't get a lot of good romantic stories out of stardust, right? right. So well, I mean, that's, out of that. that that's going to require a, a shifting paradigm. It, man, the, the, the hard part with that right now is that when a Christian movie does come out as crappy as it is, it makes money. Because they're made for no money. So anything they make is going to be profit. Well, and they have they have they have an audience, right? A built-in audience. They have a built-in audience, and it's going to make that money, right? And so, yeah, you're right. And then they're going to take the youth group, and they're going to take right. the church group, and they're going to take they're going to go multiple times to see the movie. Mm -hmm. That's what like movies people see multiple right. times. You have multiple churches going in groups to see multiple. You know, Passion of the Christ is going to make a lot of money, right? right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, there's always going to be that I think, but it's always going to kind of just suck. But I think the way that uh, Christian entertainment, Christian driven entertainment is going to succeed. I think is those, uh, is good biopics, good, uh, historical retellings. Like mm. I, I, there's so much material. There's so much and things are constantly happening. They're going to tell the movie of COVID, you know, yeah. <laughs> you're going to make that movie. They're going to make that, you know, so it's like, cool. Like these things actually happened. Well, I mean, even the, just the, the themes, like we talked about on the last episode with uh, church wave, uh, he was talking about how the horror movie Alice Sweet Alice is a, a Cain and Abel pair, uh, you know, paradigm. Right. And you were talking about how East right. of Eden is a Cain and Abel. Right. right. So okay, make more East of Edens. Right. Because that movie is freaking great. That novel's great. Like write that novel, do that with those obvious Christian, you know, background, you know, bases and everything. But um, yeah, I think that I think that is the future of Christian entertainment and movies and films and books and, and TV shows and stuff. But um, but if like Christians drove those things, mm. that would be they should be the ones doing that. Mm. That's going to require don't make up a story. <laughs> that that I mean that's going to require a level of uh, Christian education and intellectualism and the ability to think about complex right. historical ideas, which is another avenue. I think 
regardless of who wins, regardless of what happens going forward, we have to abandon public schools and start Christian education. We talk about this all the time, but realistically, especially in a Biden America, in a Biden Harris America, public schools have to just be not an option anymore for you. If you have, if you're a Christian with children. And Christian education does not mean Republican conservative right. school because it's not Christian education. That's what right. not, a private conservative school is not a Christian school. You know, like just because you pray does not make your school a mm. Christian school. Right. right. Like founded on biblical principles and worldviews and the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, I think it was Michael Brown in one of his books talks about how the, one of the, the primary reasons that education was pushed in, in the early colonies was for the purpose of discipleship and being able to read the Bible and that yeah. biblical literacy. Like we don't, I mean, that was Harvard. That was like right, all the, right, exactly. Main education schools were that's how people taught their kids to read was the catechism, the Bible, right? And they had the primer, you know, like the people learn the ABCs by Adam, right? Bible, right? right? <laughs> so like <laughs> Christian, you know, like those are the ABCs, right? It was all in that biblical framework uh, of humanity. Mm. So I mean, we have to get back to to that idea. And I think there, there's going to be a danger, too, with Christian biopics and history of sanitizing history, which is why I think one of the reasons why the left hates history so much is because we have a sanitized version of history. Right. We're like George Washington was a saint, but yeah. also he owned people. Like yeah. We got to talk about both halves of that. Right. right. We got to be honest with the history. Right. But yeah. I mean, that requires a reform idea, not just a Christian idea. Yeah, we definitely we, it's about truth again. Truth can be sought and, and known and played on a movie, you know, like, right. like let's do that. Like, cause the truth is more interesting anyway. Like that's who wants the saints? Saints are boring. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, real human beings. Like David wasn't a saint. He was a real human right. being with flaws. Like the Bible is pretty good about tracking all these biblical mm. people's flaws, big flaws. I mean, huge. I mean like Abraham, no, like, like, the main characters are deeply flawed. Right. Right. And that's important. And that, and that's in there. You know, we're not, you know, uh, cleaning up and like, you know, right. Pure flexifying story of <laughs> Noah, you know, right. Well, I mean, not <laughs> or, only that, or anybody, I was talking with some buddies today about, uh, uh, lot, you know, after Sodom and Gomorrah, the whole story about what happens with him and his daughters. And then you jump to first Peter and he calls lot righteous. Yeah. Like it, he was righteous. Also, this happened in his life, and it's a thing that, like, we got to deal with this this thing that happened to him. So yeah. th there's that, you know, that, that I, I thought it was funny, too, that when, when you actually read the narrative of David and Goliath, it's not like Goliath disrespected God and David stood up for him. Like, yeah, that's part of it, but also he overheard the king say that you could marry his daughter if he killed the giant. And he was like, wait, did, did he actually say that? Because I could do this if that's what's going on. <laughs> so, like, both of those things were in play. Yeah. Yeah, we were at community group last night and, and uh, the kids are playing and stuff. We're doing a thing. And, and somebody said something about prostitutes and they're like, and they're like, Oh, uh, oops. I, I didn't mean to say prostitute in front of your kids. I was like, well, we read the old Testament to them. So <laughs> <laughs> they're good. They've heard, they've heard the word prostitute and whore. And <laughs> like, that, I mean, that's part of it too. Like we kind of, I think that's why we have a sterile Christianity too, is because we've sanitized everything, including the Bible. Right. So we have this sterile felt board version. Right. Of exactly. Unoffensive, <laughs> un, un, 
very compromising, very unoffensive version of Christianity where Jesus was like a cool dude who made lunch for everybody, but he didn't like confront people's sin or, you know, talk about serious topics or my John the Baptist is my favorite because he, he, one, he's a psycho. He just shows up eating locusts and dressed in camel hair yeah. and just starts shouting at people about how they need to repent because the ax is already laid at the root. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, and he got beheaded by calling out someone's unbiblical un, un, un marriage arrangements. Right. Yeah, that's exactly exactly right. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, all of that's yeah, going to be yeah. – I think going forward, we've already started to see it this year. This year was like the – this was the, the the fuse went off. The, the the world, secular humanism, the radical left, they're going all in. Like there, there's no more pretending to be neutral. There's no more polite society. They're going all in. Right. So, and, I, and I don't think Biden's going to be any sort of bulwark against the radical left. No. Biden, Biden licks his finger and puts in the air and see whichever the wind's blowing. Sometimes he licks other people's fingers. <laughs> yeah, fingers go around the video and sees wherever the wind's blowing and tilts his sails and goes right along yeah. with it. But he is flip-flopped on everything except God, taking away God's. Right. That's the one thing he knows. <laughs> He's been solid on his whole career, 50, almost 50 years in politics. Uh, yeah, he just, like, whatever the culture says, whatever the winds are shifting, whatever anything – I'm going to go with that. And he's going to do it for the next six months before he get catch COVID and croaks. <laughs> <laughs> and Harris is just so unpopular. Every, even the radical left hate her. Even the Democrats hate her. Well, so, she's a cop. Uh, Kamala's a cop. Um, yeah. I felt, yeah. So I, I honestly, we're, we're looking at in the next four years, it's going to be Biden as long as he lasts, then Harris. And then, uh, there's no future leader of the Democratic Party that yeah. I see. Like Obama, they, they don't even like Obama anymore. Yeah. Right? They hated Hillary. They don't like, they don't like Obama anymore. So, like, they're just, it's, it's a lot of chaos. And the problem is there's no limiting principle on mm-hmm. the left. Right? So, like, on the right, Republicans, you can say, like, okay, uh, Western civilization, yes, Christian, you know, Judeo-Christian values, okay, great. But then someone, like, flies off the handle of, like, uh, white protestant only like okay hang on <laughs> shut up you're wrong right so like right. the true nazi is like that's there's a line the, the right. right has a line that we that and it's clearly defined clearly known if you say anything about white supremacy if you say anything about inferiority of other people if you say anything about you're you're out right like, like steve king or whatever like what's there he was towing that line and then he finally came out and was talking about inferiority of other races okay you're gone right right the left has no limiting principles. Hmm. You can't you can't go far enough left. Right. There's no cliff. You just keep going into communism, into radical. Uh, all white people should burn. Like okay, someone's saying that, and they're taken seriously. No, they're not right. condemned. They're not shunned. They're not cast out from their party. Right. So there's no limiting principle of the outrage mob. Hmm. Right. You have people bashing people on the head with bats and there's no kind of condemnation of that even from biden and even his idea I mean, right. whatever idea you know what i mean so like there's no there's no limiting principle on that to towards the left you can just lean as far as left as you want and that's that's dangerous that's pretty scary right so but, i mean the, the alternative is going to be the, the people of god the kingdom of god to in the same way be all in right full force all in sold out as far as it goes for the kingdom of God, which means, right. you know, yeah. and the thing about that is that that, that means 
it doesn't always mean radical steps. Sometimes it means normal things that have become radical. So getting married, having kids, starting businesses, doing work, all of that's radical from a leftist perspective, but that's the work of the kingdom is to, that's the, that was the, the, the idea in exile was have a family, plant a vineyard, grow your business, pray for the good of the city. All of those things are part of it. And then a step further, don't compromise on those things. Get yourself into discipleship, do the evangelism, find out why you believe what you believe, right? Uh, know the history of where this comes from. That way there is no gray areas. There is no unpreparedness. There is no unreadiness. It's always ready. And that's the that's the that's the thing. That's the radical movement for the Christian movement for the Christian plan and agenda moving forward is just preach the Bible, right? Like that's radical, <laughs> right? Homeschool your kids. That's radical, right? Right? It's like what? Hang on, you know, cool. It's just public school. Like that's it. Public school. You just go. It's like well, no, nah, we're gonna homeschool. What? That's the radical. What are you talking about? You're. I, I, it's like that's not that big a deal. Like that, I'm not talking about blowing up a building like that. Like that's it. I'm just going home to my kids. I'm going to preach the Bible. I'm going to share Christ biblically, faithfully, apologetic. You know that's radical. So you don't have to do much to be radical right. in this Christian <laughs> in the, for the kingdom. You know, so that's encouraging. It's like okay, well, it's just okay. Follow the Bible. Okay, right. that's pretty radical. Simple enough. But it seems obvious. Yeah, and that's the dividing thing. So a lot of people, especially in Texas, will say they're Christian. Right. Oh, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. Okay. Uh, I believe the Bible is 100% true. Whoa. Okay. Now you've what? All right. Now you've lost people. Right. Now you're. That's a dividing line. Mm-hmm. Saying I believe the Bible is 100% true, and that Jesus is real and the kingdom is growing, and I believe the Bible, and I get my worldview shaped from. The Bible with law and ethics and morality, right. and social and civil, everything from the Bible. Okay, now you're losing people. Now you're losing the what people a second ago said they were Christian. Right, right. So like, so you, you meet somebody. Oh yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. Okay, yeah. You start talking about the Bible. Okay, that's that's when you start finding out who's who. Right. <laughs> and I mean, that's always been how it's been. That's a reason why we have like uh, when we when we look at the textual history. And we talk about who was willing to give up the text and who was willing to hold the text. And we had to know which texts were sacred and which ones were we okay to let go of. Like right. that, which, that, which text would they hand over and which would they die for? Right, right, exactly. Okay. And, that's, yeah. <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's what we're going to see going forward. It may not be, I'm not, you know, alarmist. I'm not Tim Pool saying civil war is coming where it's like you're going to die for the Bible. But I mean, socially, maybe you are. Career wise, maybe you are. And right. are you willing to take that step to, right. to go beyond? So I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, it's cool. So, I mean, we still don't know who the president is. <laughs> we'll find out going forward. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully, by they're talking about Tuesday. I heard somebody talking about Tuesday. Like, oh my gosh! You know what I'm waiting for, and we need. I every couple hours, every whatever, I'm turning on the radio, hoping to hear Christmas music. Q one zero one nine. Keep saying, very soon. Keep listening, folks. I know. That was like two days ago. I'm like, what does very soon mean? After Thanksgiving? Yeah, <laughs> that's the that's the acceptable point. After Thanksgiving. Christmas music comes on the radio, and that's it's the radio. I know I can listen on Spotify any second. I know. Yeah, right but now. it's just the advertising marketing world needs to tell me when Christmas starts. <laughs> that's when the radio local radio station plays Christmas music. And that's a mood, dude. I'm like, once Christmas music comes on Q1019, I just, 
it's there. I, I tune the dial and put duct tape over it. It's on. I fall asleep to it. I go to I do my work to it. Oh. I listen to it, dude. We're gonna, we, we'll do a podcast about Christmas music. Oh, for sure. We, we have Absolutely. to. I'm, already, I'm, I'm planning on December already. Dude, some of these lyrics of these of these old school Christmas hymns and stuff, bro, they're like way faithful. I'm telling way you, man. Joy to the world. Oh my gosh. That's the most post thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's I mean, a lot of them, it's funny because they're they have We'll get into it when we do the episode, but there's a lot of yeah. technology packed into like little lines that are just yes. kind of thrown out there. It's it's good. And we actually, when we used to work together, Solomon used to get hate every year for putting on the Christmas station when oh, we would get to work. Every everybody hated Christmas, but like, no, I gotta have it on. I gotta have Christmas. I, yeah, I don't understand. I, I remember I played it at when I was working at UPS in the office, kind of the office department. I I I turned it on like, eh, you know, I'll keep it low, but everybody, you know, get in the mood. This one guy was like, turn it off. <laughs> He's like, dude, seriously, turn it off. It was like, you know, as soon as it came on, you know, early November, <laughs> I was like, you haven't been listening to this for the month and you're sick of it. It's like, he's like, turn it off. Seriously, seriously, turn it off. I can't stand it. I cannot stand it. I'm like, bro, man, that just sucks. Because I'm like all in on Christmas music. It sounds like an, an Adventures in Odyssey episode. <laughs> yeah man yeah christmas music dude i remember at heroes uh they, they were doing a uh contest for like when christmas music comes on if you're the first to call in <laughs> the first song is gonna be rocking around the christmas tree when you hear it come on call in you can win like it was something crazy like a thousand dollar gift card to lock and tear at all i was like oh yeah i was like whoa I'm listening to the radio. It's on. And I remember I was talking with a customer on the floor. And it and it's on. It's on Q101 all the time. 80s, 90s, and now, you know, it's on. And I keep hearing that. And then I heard it. And I told everybody, if you hear it, let me know. Tell me. Let me know. It's going to call. And I was literally in the middle of a conversation with a customer. And I think they were about to buy something, too. And rocking around, like, oh, oh, hey, 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 stop, stop. I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> like, like, get the phone, get the phone, call. And they, they were, you know, D and whoever was like, I'm already on. She'll turn into Sinbad and jingle all the way. <laughs> it was, you know, all the way. It was like, oh my gosh, shut up, shut up. Like, oh my God. That's um, good. We, maybe we'll get uh, Church Wave back on and talk about Christmas movies too. <laughs> Christmas. Oh, we got Jingle All the Way is one of my favorite. I gotta watch Jingle All the Way every year. We have a we have a we have a stack, and, and so what we do in our family, we, we have a stack of Christmas movies, and we put it like on the TV, like <laughs> around, and then it's like boom, boom, boom. We watch them like in a certain row, certain order. Um, Thanksgiving movies. Do we do? You, so the only true true I think Thanksgiving movie is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Uh, no, you know what? I've never seen Steve uh, Martin. Trans- yeah, I've never seen it. John Hughes, so hmm. freaking funny. It's so John Hughes. It's so funny. Check it out. We so usually funny. end up, we'll end up putting on uh, like the 1943 Christmas Carol after we're done eating Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, man. The black and white on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Like the whole thing's on YouTube. It's great. It's because it's garbage. You got to watch that. <laughs> it's, all, it's all about the Muppet Christmas Carol. No. <laughs> I'm, Grown Man. I'm not watching anything with puppets. Michael Caine is uh, screwed. Kermit the Frog. Bro. That's the, 
That's the only Christmas. Feel the emotional pathos of Kermit That's the Frog. The only Christmas Carol for me is that <laughs> is that one. Yeah, we'll do a Christmas movie episode. We'll do a Thanksgiving movie. Another Thanksgiving movie, big movie is uh, uh, Indiana Jones trilogy. The original three, so the only Indian Jones movies that exist. Um, <laughs> we'll watch those, watch those every Thanksgiving and plan trades and all. Those are like the only four <laughs> real true November Thanksgiving movies. Uh, and then we have a huge stack for December. Yeah, yeah. I gotta watch Elf, you gotta watch Jingle All the Way, Jingle All the Way, Home Alone. Uh, gotta watch uh, uh, It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life is Christmas Eve. Christmas story is Christmas Day because it's just oh, all yeah because it's on all day that's it's all day it's pretty, and it better be that's like Christmas <laughs> that's, the, that's the national broadcasting not, not when not when Harris gets in office we're canceling Christmas oh. no more hey you know they t- they took off uh, the uh, CBS or whoever ABC whoever has whoever has done it since the sixties is no longer playing Rudolph or oh uh, yeah I did see or that. Charlie Brown I can't remember yeah please Charlie Brown. But you know what? It's um, done it from the sixties. It's it's because of the the Time Warner AT and T merger. I don't I don't know which company owned it, but they own Charlie Brown, so now it's part of the HBO Max package. Oh, it's on Apple. The, Apple's doing a Peanuts and and a Snoopy show. See, I've seen that one, but I've seen it on I've seen it on HBO on the HBO Max app because I, I forget who owns them now, but it was part of the AT and T Time yeah. Warner merger. We got it free. Wait, I got my new phone. They gave me free HBO Max. Yeah. Whatever. Anyways, well, we- <laughs> I know. We're already getting yeah. to it. So we, we got to save it. Um, so next week, uh, we'll see you guys back. We're going to talk about evangelism, step one in uh, the kingdom of Christ, surviving the death of America. Is so, that step one? I think that step one is evangelism. Uh, okay, well, let's break it well, down. We're all play together, so it's hard. It's like, yeah. That's well, step- I don't know, because, I mean, we break it down. Without apologetics. Go, go, yeah, but go make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe all things I've commanded you. So, like, evangelism has to come before discipleship. Okay, you've got kind of a chicken and egg thing going on, <laughs> yeah. right? So you, so, you come to Christ, and then and then you, you get discipled, learn about Christ, and learn how to tell others about Christ, right? Which is yes. evangelism. So, it's like, okay, it's either step one or step three. <laughs> <laughs> We'll figure it out, and we'll be back oh, next week. Revelation to you, you know. Abraham didn't have any anybody apologetics. To That's him, true. So. That's true. Right. So he revealed <laughs> Paul, Paul just revealed, and then then he became the minister. That's true. That's good. Cool. Cool. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for watching. Until then, this is the time and place. We'll see you guys next week. God bless America. Thanks. <laughs>